It was a busy week in the wireless world, from new plans to more 5G coverage. It's a lot to take in. Fortunately, that's what we're here for. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. To help you catch up is Mobile Maven and CNET reviewer Eli Blumenthal. Welcome, Eli. Thank you for having me. All right, let's try to break down the news one by one, because there's there's quite a bit. Uh, first off, let's talk about AT&T. It announced yesterday that it had launched its nationwide 5G network. So what are the details? So AT&T crossed a pretty big milestone yesterday when they announced that they've reached the Federal Communications Commission's definition of a nationwide 5G network. So that means they cover over 200 million people with 5G. So it's available to, I guess, 200 million people or 205 is their official number. Uh, this makes them a nationwide 5G network officially. And it puts them right up there with T-Mobile, who has had a nationwide 5G network since last December. Right. And as you you said, I mean, the FCC's definition, and let's let's be clear to our listeners, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone in the country can get it. Nationwide does not mean it's, it's universal, but it, it crosses a threshold that the government sort of set to be basically called nationwide. And it's a significant threshold that, again, allows it to, as you said, not everyone can get it. It's not... Uh, I think the, the country is over 330 million people. Uh, I don't know if AT&T is in all 50 states. T-Mobile has proudly said that they're in all 50 states. But a sizable portion of the country now can theoretically tap into AT&T's 5G network. And let's be, also be clear, this is the, the low-band network, right? Yes, this is AT&T's low-band 5G network, which if you have the right phone and you're on the right plan, a lot of fine print with all this stuff as I guess anything with the wireless space is. It's all about the fine print. Uh, if you have the right phone and the right plan, you can start using this, but the speed you're going to get right now at least are largely going to be the same as what you're getting on a 4G or what AT&T calls 5G e-phone. Right, and and where does everyone stand now? You've got AT&T and T-Mobile with nationwide networks. Well, I guess when I say everyone, really, Verizon's the other big player. Where does Verizon stand with nationwide coverage? So Verizon plans to have a nationwide network using low band. This is the same tech, similar technology to what AT&T and T-Mobile are using for their nationwide networks. They plan to have that later this year. They haven't said exactly when, but they're talking nationwide sometime in 2020. Got it. And then uh, moving on, we've got T-Mobile launching new plans. What are the details on these? Uh, they're called essential plans. Yeah, I believe it's an essentials plus plan. It's a new offering. Uh, it, just to back up a step, T-Mobile merged with Sprint in April, and on August 2nd, they're going to start to unify the Sprint brand with the T-Mobile brand. Sprint stores are going to be rebranded to T-Mobile. They talk about giving it a fresh coat of magenta paint and all that. Uh, and as part of that transition to becoming one giant T-Mobile family, I guess, they have this new plan, which is good, but again, a lot of fine print. You need to have at least four lines, but no more than six. But if you do, you get $25 uh, unlimited data for $25 per month. And that, But that is not, unlike some of the other plans, that in, that does not include taxes and fees, right? No taxes or fees, no international roaming. So if you're traveling abroad, which I don't know if anyone is at this point because of COVID, but if, in theory, when you do get to travel abroad, you're going to have to pay for data. Whereas on some other T-Mobile plans, they include that for free. There's no free Netflix, hotspots limited in terms of what kind of speeds you can get. Uh, a lot of fine print here. And again, you have to have at least four lines to get this rate, and you can't have more than six. So if you're single or a couple, you're kind of out of luck unless you've got some friends you really trust. Right, which Sprint has had plans where they can let you share with friends 
on a family plan. So I guess it's a little bit in that vein, but yeah, it's, it's very, it's very unlike T-Mobile, which has for years with this uncarrier branding that they've taken on for themselves, pitched themselves as this sort of, we're not doing all the fine print gotcha stuff that the other carriers would do. Uh, this, this, they're not necessarily trying to get anybody, but it's very specific in terms of who it's targeting. Right. Now, fresh off the heels of T-Mobile making a big splash on spam calls last week, Verizon said on Monday that it's partnering with Apple on robocall protection. So what's that about? Yeah, so on Thursday, Verizon announced that it's working with Apple with the new iOS 14 that's coming out later this year to include natively into iOS the ability to filter calls and block spam calls without having to use a separate app like Verizon's call filter app. Uh, Other carriers have had their own call filtering apps. This is a pretty nice step to ending this whole robocall, or at least really fighting it strongly, this robocall debacle. Yeah, and it's interesting because there, there are, you're speaking of fine print, there are, there are some conditions, right, for being able to access it, at least right now, right? You need to have the beta version of iOS 14. You need to have Call Filter Plus, which is a, a premium service, correct? Yes, you need, to, you need to have the beta version of iOS 14, as you mentioned, which you could have the public beta, which is available to anyone, though be careful installing that because it is a beta. Yeah, we don't, we don't necessarily recommend that if you're using, the, you're using this device as your primary phone to have a beta version of an OS. Be very careful. Things are not going to work. It's not designed for everybody. That's why it's a beta. It's very much a test. Uh, you could also be a developer who's using this, and if you have Verizon and you have a subscription to Verizon's Call Filter Plus, which is its premium spam blocking and robocall blocking add-on. I think it's $2.99 a month for an individual, and for anyone with over three lines, it's $7.99 a month. It will allow you to start taking advantage of these features today, but Verizon says it's going to make it more widely available when iOS 14 comes out later this year. Gotcha. And, and I know T-Mobile made a big deal of Verizon charging folks for their spam protection, but it is important to note that Call Filter, not Call Filter Plus, is a free option or free feature for Verizon users, correct? Yes. Call Filter is free. AT&T has something called Call Protect, which is free. The AT&T, I believe, also has a step-up version that has added protection features, which you could pay a monthly fee for. But both AT&T and Verizon have versions of spam protection or spam blocking that are free to everyone. And this new feature that, that, uh, sorry, that Apple and Verizon are working on will be in the call filter free version when iOS 14 comes out. I'm curious, uh, you know, this is Verizon making a big splash. Do you think the carriers, the other carriers, T-Mobile and AT&T are going to, you know, get in with Apple in terms of these robocall protections? Because it just seems like it's something that would make a lot of sense to do, right? Yeah, there's a lot of pressure all across the industry, both from the government. The FCC has been very, very strong in terms of how it wants carriers and manufacturers to fight robocalls. Uh, there's a protocol called Stir Shaking, which T-Mobile is basing its new technology on that verifies calls. And a bunch of the carriers have adopted this to make sure that or to really try to help stop the robocall onslaught that we're all facing. Uh, I fully expect that AT&T and T-Mobile will be involved with this at some point, as well as, you know, integrating this with Google and Android. It's something that everybody yeah. seems to be wanting to do. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the underlying technology here, because if it is Stir Shaking, that is... It's an industry standard, right? Every every carrier has to adopt this. In fact, they, they are mandated to adopt Stir Shaken, I think, by the middle of next year. So there, there's sort of a deadline there. So I'm curious if 
there's anything unique to what Verizon and Apple are doing, or if this is something that T-Mobile and AT&T can jump on as well? Yeah, that'll be an interesting thing to to find out, and I'm sure we'll learn more as we get closer to iOS becoming generally available later this year. Uh, but again, it's a lot, right now the trials with Verizon, but fully expect this to be open to everybody. It's it's not like Apple to limit it to just a particular carrier when it comes to a feature. And AT&T and Verizon also reported earnings this week. Uh, what did we learn? Uh, it was a busy quarter for AT&T, a particularly busy one. Uh, they had quite a lot going on. In addition to the uh, announcement of expanding 5G, it's low-band 5G nationwide. They also had a CEO transition with John Stanky taking over for Rail Stevenson. They had the launch of HBO Max. It, it's been a lot going on for AT&T. Uh, the coronavirus also a big thing that's been weighing on them. Uh, it's, it's a very whirlwind of a of a quarter. Uh, they're still pushing through, but how much the coronavirus impacts them, particularly on some of their entertainment properties like Warner Media, which has HBO Max as well as the Warner Brothers Films and TV Studios, remains to be seen. Uh, as we've covered extensively on the site, a bunch of films have been delayed, notably Tenet, the new Christopher Nolan film. Wonder Woman's been delayed, uh, and all the a lot of their programs that they plan to put on HBO Max, which is a big focus for the company going forward, are also currently delayed because no one can really do anything with, with COVID weighing on the country. Right. And they did disclose or share that HBO Max signed up, I believe, 4 million, 4.1 million new subscribers uh, after the first month. They did. Uh, but HBO Max has its own additional questions around it, particularly when it comes to Roku and Amazon, the two largest streaming platforms. And it still is not on either of them. And John Stanky was actually pretty vocal about Amazon and how they haven't been able to come to an agreement. He was surprisingly quiet on Roku, which maybe hints that something's going on. Uh, but he had very, very strong words for the relationship with Amazon, which is important to AT&T if it wants to grow HBO Max. They have a lot of HBO customers that subscribe to it through Amazon's Prime Video channels. So it's a pretty important area for them. What did, and what did Stanky say specifically? Was he was he particularly antagonistic, or what was sort of the tone of the comments? So Stanky was pretty direct when it came to Amazon. He said, "We've and I quote: We've tried repeatedly to make HBO Max available to all customers using Amazon Fire devices, including those customers that purchase HBO via Amazon. Unfortunately, Amazon has taken an approach of treating HBO Max and its customers differently from how they've chosen to treat other services and their customers. When it comes to corporate speak, that is." pretty much as direct as it comes to saying we have a problem with you and with what you're doing. Yeah. Interestingly, though, I mean, Peacock has also had the same issues with Amazon. So I'm, I'm wondering if um, I, I'm just wondering which side it really is, or if this is just sort of rhetoric to throw out there in the public. Yeah. Everyone has their own self-interest here at heart. HBO and AT&T are looking for the best deal for them. Amazon and Roku are looking for the best deal for them. Uh, Peacock and NBC and Comcast, likewise, are, are everyone's playing for themselves, uh, which for shareholders is probably good in the long term. If you have one of those companies, if you are a customer who just wants to watch Friends or Justice League or any of the Peacock shows on your TV, it, it's it's not fun right now. Uh, and lastly, I mean, Verizon also reported earnings this morning, actually. I'm just curious what the impact of the coronavirus has had on it or if it's still how it's still doing. Yeah, Verizon actually beat earnings on both earnings per share and on a revenue basis. 
It's reopened. It says now 60% of its stores that it closed due to coronavirus. Uh, hasn't provided much of an update on its 5G network the same way AT&T did the other day. Again, it still has plans to launch uh, a nationwide low-band 5G network this year. It plans to expand its millimeter wave, and it talked about how it spent billions of dollars growing and building its network in advance of 5G and, and to prepare for that transition, but nothing specifically as far as when we can expect to see this new network, this new 5G network, or the additional high-band millimeter wave cities that it plans to announce this year. Well, thanks, Eli, for running through all the various announcements. This has been a really busy week for the world of wireless carriers. If you have any questions about what the carriers are doing, drop us a line at The Daily Charge on Twitter, where you can check out all of our coverage, especially all of Eli's extensive coverage on CNET.com. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.